Now, today is February 13th, 2022, and this is an interview with Zach Sue by Nick Perkel. Now, Zach, tell me about getting your first guitar. So, uh, getting my first guitar was, I must have been uh, 14 years old, and this was when I was still living in Singapore. And uh, I remember, so acoustic guitar-wise, the first one was going to a shop called Davis Music, something like Davis Music and Peninsula Shopping Center in Singapore, for anyone who wants to look that up. And it was a $20 acoustic guitar by the brand of Kapok. I don't think you can find this anymore, even in Singapore, Kapok, uh, $20 mm. acoustic guitar. Uh, and the, the strings were kind of like this high above the, uh, the fretboard. So I kind of started up quite a lot on that. And then eventually I ended up getting another guitar uh, which was an electric guitar. So my first ever electric guitar was from a shop called Cash Converters, which is kind of the equivalent of a pawn shop, I guess, in America. Uh, so basically that, yeah, it was a BC rich, random Strat looking-ish guitar and kind of uh, had that for a while, yep. So those were the two uh, first guitars sort of uh, that I, yeah, that I got, acoustic and electric, yeah. So what was it like for you growing up as a musician in Singapore? And did you take any lessons like in your schools from private music school teachers or attend any conservatories? Uh, definitely not attending any conservatories, but uh, I think in, in terms of like, yeah, lessons from private teachers, I think one time I did have a, I, had, I must have had a drum because I started out with drums. So I had a drum teacher was when I was 14 years old for maybe a month or two months, something like that. Um, and uh, kind of learning rudiments and, and random shit. Uh, but apart from that, guitar, I never had any formal lessons or music teachers or anything like that. And I took some lessons in school. In Singapore, you get music lessons when you're in primary school and secondary school or in high school. Uh, it's kind of very bad, like recorder uh, kind of lessons. You don't really learn that much <laughs> in Singapore music lessons uh, in school. So yeah, those were basically basically self-taught on both uh, instruments. And still lots of things are very mysterious to me about both instruments too. <laughs> now, what were your favorite things about learning about music in uh, the Singapore education system? uh i don't I, I can't say that there were there were any actually yeah <laughs> they don't make it very interesting for you and uh or they teach you this recorder thing and they teach it to you very kind of mechanically and robotically and you learn well i guess it's maybe the same everywhere in the world but you learn the titanic was it uh that, that song the titanic song that's kind of the, the highlight of your music uh <laughs> musical year in, in secondary school but yeah otherwise it was it was really the, the music and uh, the interest and the love for music really came outside of uh, school. Really. Yeah. The last time I talked to you was fall 2012, and you're, you were in Portland at the time, and now you're in Montreal. Can you tell me how you're a part of the music scene now? Yes, so I've been playing in bands in Montreal. So yeah, so that's right. I was, I was living in Portland uh, up until must have been uh, end of 2012. That might have been just right at the end of my 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 time there when we when we spoke. And then I moved to Vancouver for about three months, and then moved out to Montreal, sometime in 2013. 
And basically, since I've been here, I've been playing, I've been trying to play in the, the minute, basically like from the minute that I got here, I was trying to play in bands, um, started out with playing, uh, uh, what, yeah, playing in bands uh, with my friend Antoine Weinberg, shout out, who, uh, who was my first roommate and we played like kind of power violence, kind of hardcore type music first with the band called Banal and then Cloaca. Uh, and really just kept going on from there. I think those two bands are no longer existing anymore, but just kept trying to play, well, I, I kind of either punk or hardcore kind of music or going into metal as I am doing now with Scumstrike. So it's kind of in both of those kind of scenes in Montreal, I suppose. Yeah. Now, how does the scene in Montreal differ from your memories of Portland, Oregon? Um, I think the, in my, so my memories of Portland, back in the day and I, I would say I was much less involved in the scene in general in Portland I think uh, something about being in university at a time and I don't know being busy with school and shit so maybe a bit less I, I clearly definitely wasn't as involved in bands when I was living in Portland but it felt there, there's some similarities I felt like there was like the, the the similar styles of music in the punk scene is what were played also in Montreal as well I'm thinking of like kind of the d-beat stuff uh, the crusty stuff in both cities, those are big deals. Uh, when it comes to the metal, I think also, uh, I mean, Montreal is a big metal scene for sure. And I felt that in Portland as well, even though Portland is such a small city in my, in my, in my estimation, you know, but uh, it, it really had a, a great scene from, from, from my memories of it. So yeah, maybe there were some similarities. I think maybe the, the main difference I could point out between Montreal and Portland is that Montreal has the English French kind of language kind of thing going on. So the, the, it, makes, it makes for a different kind of flavor of people that you meet in music and uh, you know, speaking French, speaking English and kind of adds to the dynamics a little bit in the scene here in Montreal. You might have English scene or a French scene a little bit. So. Um, that might be the difference that I could that comes to my mind between the two cities. Yeah. Now, what have been some of your favorite concerts or festivals you've attended in Canada? Yeah, there have been loads, man. Um, and I yeah, I remember looking at this question, going like, hmm, "What's the first thing that just comes to my mind?" It's like the one that I remember, and I think I, I would have to say it was. It doesn't exist anymore. It's called Roar Festival, and you spell that with like loads of R's, loads of O's, and A's and R's, and kind of like the the Voivod um, album title, right? Um, and I think it was must have been like 2014, the 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 edition of it. Um, and it was uh, I, I think I just moved to Montreal, still kind of figuring out the music kind of scene and uh, that whole part of life in Montreal. And uh, it was really cool. I think who was playing? There was Incantation. Uh, it was a really mixed kind of vibe. There was the metal and the punk stuff. So there was like Incantation. Uh, then there'd be, I don't know, was Iron Lung there? Maybe Iron Lung and then it was Cro-Mags. And then I saw Power Trip. And then I saw, and then there was, a, there was one evening I remember where it was all like kind of up and coming hardcore punk bands that I never heard of. Um, and it turned out to be kind of bands like the Ajax, Hounds of Hell, uh, kind of, you know, kind of the bands that were coming up at that time. And then in the end, uh, really in my head, or really stuff that I really latched onto afterwards as well. So it was, it was really a special festival for me uh, in terms of having that metal side and the, 
the punk side and even discovering new bands that I'd never even known and blew my mind when I saw them. Yeah. Did um the crumb bombs from Texas come up? I don't think so. No, but I've definitely heard of them. And I might have seen them in Portland one time. Yeah. Mm. Punk band, no? Yeah, yeah. Re- really crazy band uh-huh. from uh, Texas. And uh, um, cool. I guess, what, did any um, bands from Japan or uh, maybe Finland show up to the fest? Ooh, I can't remember. I, I don't think Japan, but I might be mistaken. I don't think Japan, can't remember Finland, but there, might, there must have been someone Scandinavian. Uh, at that the show or that the festival yeah mm-hmm. I see. Now, when did you join the band scum strike and tell me how you guys compose songs together yeah so scum strike was formed uh, i want to say 2017 something like that um and it really was uh me and my very good friend Loken archer who's the guitarist in scum strike um, I think I just messaged him one day. It's like, hey, I, I know he's like a metal guy, and uh, you know, just form a band. I guess how bands usually form, knowing someone as <laughs> someone you want to form a band. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how we did, and kind of wanted to play something uh, very much metal, but also very much something that's a mix of metal and DB uh, and hardcore, and kind of get the best of both worlds and crust and all that, uh, with the thrash element to it in some way. Uh, in terms of how we compose songs together, um, generally it's him basically coming up with the riff and maybe like a, quite a few riffs, sometimes a full song structure, uh, and essentially going in and uh, massaging it kind of into, into a song, uh, you know, saying which riff doesn't work and which riff works and you know, maybe there should be another part here. I think with this band, compared to compared to Xanadu a little bit, this band I think had uh, has a bit more of a jam. I don't know. Sometimes we, we kind of come up with shit on the spot as well. So it's a mix of you know, premeditated writing and also uh, kind of imp- improvised stuff on the spot. Actually, quite a bit of it. Yeah. So like bringing up Xanadu, mm-hmm. like um, pretty much um, what was like your style? in the band for composing new music? Yeah, I think with Xanadu, it was certainly at the end, uh, or not at the end, or later on, and then, uh, oh yeah, for a while now, it's been like kind of me coming up with the whole song in my head and uh, and uh, bringing it to the jam studio and basically kind of working it out there um, and uh, doing little edits, but kind of not too much changing, actually. Um, yeah, as we go along, um, yeah. So it's that that one's a bit more like, okay, one riff, two riff, three, and then bridge, and then kind of, kind of have the song basically done a little bit. Yeah. Now, what was your favorite song to uh, record on the Execution Void demo? Uh, favorite song to record, I might say, it was the first one, uh, Filth. Um, and I can't really tell you why, except it's it's a fun one to. To play, I like the riffs on that a lot. Uh, like the energy of it is, is a bit of a simpler one from what I remember. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice one to play, and it was a nice one to have uh, recorded as well. Yeah. Now, with Serpent Corpse, how does this band compose music together? And like, what was your favorite memory of uh, a particular song you guys worked on? 
uh, with Serpent Corpse, yes. Um, that one's a bit like Xanadu in the sense that uh, Adam, the, the guitarist in that band, uh, is the kind of the Riffmeister general. <laughs> and uh, he'll come up with the whole song also. He, he, he'll come up with basically the whole song uh, into the studio, uh, typically. And, um, and essentially kind of from there, like the, 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 the riff is being played and then I kind of, because I'm playing drums on that one. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll kind of just match the drums with the actual riff as far as I can tell. And uh, we go from there. He might tell me, no, you should do a different thing here. But it's kind of, it's really like in his head, here's the song and here's the vision for it. And you kind of go along with it. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> favorite memory of composing music um, with that band. Um, you know, nothing, I, I can't say any specific memory comes to mind maybe i'd say that the first time playing with adam and andrew who are the bassist and guitarists um and composing having composed like the first couple of songs and it, it went by really easily is what i remember it, it kind of clicked at least for me I, I found it super easy to have just gone in and, and clicked with those guys so that's kind of the main memory i have of composing or the main sort of thought that I have when I think about writing music with Silicon Corpse, how, uh, how it just clicks really, yeah. Now, just, um, I was just thinking for a second, are you the type of person that likes to work with a metronome or do you like to just um, free ball everything? I, I quite, I, I actually very rarely work with a, a metronome, but I, I know I should, <laughs> I know I should, um, especially for playing drums uh yeah in terms of you know the discipline and making sure you're on time you're not rushing or dragging and all that so it's something i i work on kind of half acidly not really that seriously about it but uh, when it comes to recording actually i i find i i'm kind of like i don't really believe in the metronome to be honest <laughs> like the it's gotta there's is, there's some beauty and kind of a little bit of sloppiness yeah <clears throat> okay now Getting back to Xanadu, um, the last thing you guys did was a split with Bloodstone, where you each covered the other band's song. And uh, you also gave a new song. Can you tell me about um, the song, The Wall, like composing that? Absolutely. <clears throat> and um, so The Wall, uh, so, that, so that split came out in what, 2000? Oh, just recently, right? So like last year, 2021. It might've been 2020, right? And uh, so the wall actually was written. I remember. So the wall is actually about Donald Trump. He wanted to build a wall, right? Mm. It's kind of a bit, it's kind of a, a big fuck you to that, basically. That's that's what that song is about, basically, to keep it very simple. Uh, fuck the wall. And so um, I think we recorded that before Trump was elected. <laughs> oh wow! And I I remember like like writing those lyrics like ah you know it'll never happen. Um, and of course it did, right? So um, yeah, it must have yeah. been 2015, 16. Uh, and, um, and, it, and it came out very late, kind of <laughs> at the end of his term, uh, just because uh, it took a bit of you know, a lot of time to record label and all that stuff. So yeah, that, that's what that song is about. Yeah. Now, what did you do to the cover of Johnny? Uh, we uh, played it uh, kind of, yeah, I guess we... We upped the tempo on our end with Xanadu as we kind of always, we'll kind of always play very 
on the faster side of things. So I guess compared to the original version is is uh, is slightly faster. And uh, I remember the main thing that uh, we did was or I did was the the solos. I think uh, I really <laughs> I really had to plan out those solos. And I, I think I tried to make it also different from what the original uh, solos were by Bloodstone. So um, yeah, uh, uh, the Kade, the guy from Bloodstone, says you can really hear the planning in those solos, and you're really planning kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, you know. So anyway, <laughs> I see. Now, what was your all-time favorite Xanadu concert you played? Uh, there's a few. Uh, there's two that come to mind, and the the one, if I were to say the all-time favorite, I would say was uh, Manila uh, in the Philippines. Um, and the show itself was crazy. I remember it was weird. We were we went into the bar and actually it was the kind of bar with it was like here's a stage, and then instead of like an empty space for people like mosh and stuff, it was uh, seats. There were lots of seats everywhere. Um, but I remember, and I was we were like, ah, oh, this is a bit fucking weird. Like some of these are seats. Like we're playing this, you know, we're playing a fucking thrash show, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like once once we um, like I think it was like the first from the first kind of chord you know with the da it was I mean there were loads of people at the front and like crowd stage diving and crowd surfing and all that uh, it was it was crazy it was it was one of the craziest shows that we played and it was also one of them shows where you felt like like uh, everyone's kind of on the same page with you um, and it was just a very warm, sweaty experience. Uh, I think at some point someone pulled me and Shiva onto the crowd uh, and all that. But it's also my favorite concert in that Manila is a very crazy city, it's very hectic, very chaotic, uh, very poor as well. So it's also like very kind of visceral experience when you see like homeless children on the street so to have gone from the street then to play this show where everyone's going crazy you go out the show later and then some some huge brawl happened after the show is like holy smart what this fucking crazy wow. <laughs> so that's, that, that's the most memorable uh, show i remember yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow now um in your personal collection what is the most cherished thing you own relating to xanadu yeah, good question. That's a cool question. And uh, I'd say it is this very random thing. So it's this, uh, is this uh, tobacco pouch made, like kind of homemade tobacco pouch with the Xanadu Black Death Grind Sheet album artwork. Um, and this was, um, it was like our first show on the very first European tour that we did in 2010. Um, and it was done in the city of Letio. Um, and I can't remember who did this. It was just someone who, like, it was like this kind of old couple who were there at the show. And they were like, we didn't really, I don't think they spoke English and we didn't speak French, of course, at that time. And, and they were like, they just kind of gave this to us. Um, and uh, we didn't know what it was at first. Okay, oh, it's a tobacco pouch. Okay. But like, we took it and then uh, it's like, oh, fucking cool. And I remember it's the, it, it's like, it's, it's, it's cool that like someone made that for you. Um, and it's like a random thing also, <laughs> but like, uh, it's cool that someone made that too. And it's also something I cherish in, because it's, it, that, that was like the first 
kind of is the first thing that we received from someone and it was like the first indication of how kind and hospitable people were going to be on that tour um like throughout that tour it was amazing how how kind and like helpful everyone was and so appreciative of you as a band to my to us like we were what 21 at that time you know hadn't re- we played quite a few shows in singapore but not really that much mm-hmm. um and uh kind of it was like feeling yeah feeling the love in some way you know <laughs> so that's that's what that's why i think that's the most cherished thing that i have yeah. what are your three most prized albums in your music collection mm. um i would say i have a copy of whiplash power and pain uh and it's it's kind of it looks like a kind of an old one i've never must it must i don't know if it's original pressing but it's from back in the day um and then i have a copy of zeke's death alley uh i can't remember where i got that from and then the other thing that i'd say i feel very proud about pulling out from my record collection is a split between municipal ways and i think it's a band called bad acid trip and the split is called or the municipal waste site is called tango and thresh and that is like one of the most uh, uh to me one of the most important things that i remember hearing in my life <laughs> that side of that and then that seven inch hmm. uh, yeah for sure just the speed and intensity on it yeah now for you what was your favorite ghost story or urban legend from singapore yeah good question and uh singapore and asia and Asians in general are huge on ghost shit <laughs> right yeah. you you probably know um so uh, yeah i don't know if i have a favorite ghost story but i remember i was thinking about this question and the one that came to my head is a ghost story and it was when i was in the army uh, in singapore so everyone in singapore has to every uh, guy has to do 18 has to do 2 years of uh, military service uh, mandatory um and so invariably m- most dudes have some kind of ghost story shit from the army days to to tell uh and the one that i remember was that um kind of in my platoon so your platoon has sections and each section has their own kind of bunk where 15 or 12 12 to 15 guys kind of sleep um and this was in basic training um and uh, the camp where the basic training camps the island where the camp where the basic training camps are on is typically seen as a very like well they call it unclean like a lot of crazy i don't know shit when world war 2 happened and then there's a lot of kind of ghostly shit that happened on that island um and so uh what was it basically it was in the section over um every thursday um and thursday is the night where i think in either the malay or muslim kind of way of thinking thursday is the night that the spirits kind of come out um and make their presence known um and every thursday night at this this section kind of their bunk the shoes would everyone's footwear would be relocated to someone's bunk they would wake up in the morning like oh fuck all my shoes are <laughs> uh, everyone's shoes are this 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 bed today and then next week it would be it would be moved to another <laughs> another bed so that's kind of that's kind of as a, as crazy as a, as it got for me in the army goes to i don't know i, I like it just because it was i was kind of there but not really 
Um, but yeah. <laughs> I see. Cool. Now, um, would you like to go back to any questions? Uh, I think I'm good, man. Yeah. Uh, final words. Uh, well, thank you, Nick, for uh, for the interview. And nice to see you. And uh, thanks for tuning into this interview. Um, everyone else. Um, if I could plug stuff, Xanadu might be coming up with something new this year. Crazy shit. How, how the fuck did we come up with that? Yeah, but, uh, after many years of not really playing. But yeah, we're going to do something this year. Um, maybe a couple of songs. And then uh, with my bands come straight, um, we're going to release a, an album this year. Uh, coming out in April, hopefully. And uh, with Serpent Corpse, also another band that I'm playing in. We might, uh, we might do something again this year as well. Now, how can people find you on social media so they can be like, oh, I need Xanadu and Scumstrike and other bands from you? Like, yeah. how can people get in touch with you? Get in touch with us on our Facebook. So Xanadu, Scumstrike have Facebook. I think Scumstrike is also on Instagram. And that's just simply by um, searching our name, I think would be the easiest way. So that's with Scumstrike with the, instead of a C, the K, one word. Um, so S-K-U-M, strike. Um, and the same thing with Serpent Corpse. I think we're both on Instagram and uh, on uh, well, on Instagram and on Bandcamp. And all those bands are on, uh, on Bandcamp as well. Yeah. I see. Cool. This has been an interview on February 13th, 2022 with Zach Sue by Nick Perkin.